Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and you're listening to Executive Decisions, where we examine various areas that the employer would be involved with, whether it's day-to-day operations or looking at things in a broader scope. Today, we're taking a look at employee benefits, specifically the idea of offering pet health insurance. Now, to talk about this option, we have Joanne Novak joining us from New York. Joanne is the Vice President of New Business Development for the Hartville Group, which happens to be the provider for the ASPCA's pet health insurance. Joanne, thanks for coming on the show. Tim, thanks very much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting topic. It's uh, it's a little different than what we normally talk about, but it has value for all the people I've talked to. Uh, before we get into the, the topic itself, if you could describe a little bit about your professional experience and a little bit about the organization as well. Sure, I'd be happy to. In terms of my background, I started my career in human resources management and actually spent many years as an HR leader in various organizations and then became a licensed financial and insurance professional, which helped me advance my career in management. Uh, For the last five years, I've been with Hartville Group, where I helped create the business development channel, which allows us to offer our program to employers and associations and brokers interested in offering pet health insurance as a voluntary benefit. It's been really enormously exciting watching the evolution of this channel for the organization. As for the company, Hardville is one of the oldest and largest American pet health insurance providers. We were founded in 1997, and our mission has been to educate American pet owners on the benefits of pet health insurance and to offer them well-designed plans through various brands. And as you mentioned, in 2006, our flagship brand, ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, was developed when we were selected by the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals as their only strategic partner for pet insurance. We're headquartered in Canton, Ohio. We have about 140 uh, employees working for us in our home office, and that's just the human headcount. I'm not counting the pets that come to work with us. <laughs> oh, of course. Can't forget about them. And I, 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 I think it is interesting. You, you mentioned the idea of the ASPCA. I think a lot of people recognize that uh, off the bat. Uh, so I think that helps in terms of discussing this and giving everyone listening an idea of where you're coming from. In general, what do you point to as being, though, the potential benefit for employees when we're talking about this being offered uh, at a place of employment? What do you sort of pitch as the, the, the main reason that it's important? Well, there are some really important statistics that help define the importance of this as a benefit. Um, The American Pet Products Association calculates that pet parents will spend close to $14 billion on vet care. Wow. And that's up about 35% from five years ago. And clearly, employees are pet parents, too. Veterinary care is the second largest expense for pet parents behind food. And the American Veterinary Medical Association says that pet ownership is the highest among people who work full-time. So 56% of pet-owning households work full-time. There's a clear need for more pet parents to have financial help with veterinary bills, and that's what our program does. It's a morale booster. Mm -hmm. And even if employees don't have a pet, they like to see this as an offer um, on the menu for voluntary benefits. Yeah, it's definitely something that stands out. And if an employer does offer this versus another, that may be enough to actually push them one way or the other. What sort of reactions have you gotten in the past or has it changed maybe over the years in terms of when you've put this out there, maybe you've spoken with employers saying, hey, this is really something that that could be worthwhile. You may bring up the numbers. Uh, what, What has been the overall reaction? It's been very positive. In fact, often, Tim, companies are approaching us 
directly. Oh, They're doing their due diligence. More and more, we are getting inbound requests for information. And that's because they're looking for ways that offer more for employees without a cost being added to the employer. Hmm. So they're coming to us. They're asking us to help demystify what this benefit is all about. And it's really very easy. It goes across industries. There's no one particular segment. We've got clients in healthcare and financial services and retail and technology and consulting, even manufacturing. But when they learn that it's easy to implement, there's no cost, no minimum enrollment requirements, and we offer a special discount for employees, really, why not do it? Sure. Do you get any sort of interaction with just your typical pet owner, not somebody who's necessarily running a business or or being in that position, but um, what about some of the reactions you've gotten from those individuals? Well, when you think about it, pet parents really are consumers. And pet insurance has historically been marketed to consumers. So for us, um, consumers sign up every day. The voluntary benefit channel is just a natural extension of our traditional business. You know, there are going to be people out there, especially who don't have pets uh, or maybe never never had that experience or doesn't they don't understand what the uh, sort of the cost would be involving if, uh, you know, taking care of your pet, if there are any health issues that come up. Some people might say well, it's ridiculous that an employer would offer this. That, that shouldn't be a part of anything that's, that's a package. What, what would your response be to those individuals? Well, again, because this is not something contributed to by the employer, it frequently can fall under the category of an employee perk. Mm-hmm. And so this does not have to be a full-blown payroll deduction offer. Many companies prefer to just have this as a choice where folks sign up. We do all the enrollments. There's no enrollment that HR does. So when you look at it that way, it can be aggregated with all other savings for employees. And in this day and age, employees are looking for ways to save. So if it's about the choice of the employee, not everybody has a pet. This is really very interesting. About 62% of households have a pet. And I mentioned before that one of our missions is to educate consumers on the importance of pet insurance, because even in this country, only about 2% of our pets have insurance. So I I don't really think it's ridiculous. I think it's about giving employees and pet parents a choice to be able to take their share of dollars spent towards benefits and purchase that which is important to them. Some will choose prepaid legal. Some will choose auto and home. Some will choose other health-related benefits. But I'm a pet parent. I certainly would choose pet insurance if that was offered to me at a discount. Right, right. No, it it makes perfect sense. It's just you're going to get those factions of people are going to think that it it doesn't fit in somewhere. But Um, Let's talk a little bit about maybe some of the specific items that would be covered under pet health insurance. I'm sure there are different plans, different ways that employers can go about this. Uh, What what sort of, uh, what would you put out there as far as what listeners would like to hear? Well, in general, I'll I'll give you some some generalities about pet insurance, and I can talk more specifically about ASPCA pet health insurance. Um, But pet insurance in general is actually filed as property and casualty insurance. That's something new. Most people don't think about it that way. Even though it covers the health of our pets, it's filed as as property and casualty insurance, and it can cover a range of items from accidents and illnesses to wellness care. Some pet insurance includes behavioral and alternative treatments. Even hereditary and congenital conditions can be covered. 
ASPCA pet insurance actually has that whole range, and we have four different levels of coverage. So the employer doesn't have to pick a plan. This isn't a group rate that gets negotiated. Mm -hmm. The employee, the pet parent, actually comes online or calls our call center, and we help them choose from a variety of programs. Um, The accident plan is very inexpensive. It's about 50 cents a day thereabouts, and it's like a catastrophic program for emergencies. On average, it's about $400 or $425 a year. You can get plans for a dollar a day. So their choice is about, for us, providing a range of plans that fit a need and a budget. You can even, with us, customize a deductible and a copay to help you with your premiums. Sure. So are are all types of pets eligible under this? I mean, you have people that'll be, you know, have lizards and other exotic pets. Is it strictly to the dogs and cats side of thing? How does that all work? That's a great question. Typically, the pet health insurers, including us, um, pet insurance is just for dogs and cats. There is a company that's out there that will cover some exotics. But for the most part, really what you see is pet insurance for dogs and cats. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's obviously the majority of, of what people have. Do pets get tested ahead of time? Is it like, you know, somebody comes out and and checks out where they are and that determines anything with a plan or is it all sort of determined ahead of time? Well, I think that's another really terrific question. And here again, because this is property and casualty insurance, Hmm. each company has different rules. Each company has different requirements and or exclusions. Um, What I would say is that some companies may require a physical to determine eligibility. We don't do that. Um, But again, with any policy that you buy, it's important to understand the terms and conditions and exclusions for the company that you're looking at. And I know you're going to post some information on the site about us. We have some terrific due diligence questions to help as you evaluate pet insurance providers. So if you visit our website, you'll be able to see some very helpful hints on how to determine what's best for you. I think a lot of people, when they do think of their pets, you hear about different diseases that might affect certain breeds or certain animals. I guess what are some of the common diseases or illnesses that may affect pets that it would be very beneficial to have insurance for? Some of the more common major diseases or illnesses include growths and cancer, ear infections, upset stomachs, skin problems, chronic kidney failure, urinary tract infections, diabetes, heart problems. There's a whole range of illnesses. And with more and more specializations that are now available to us in the veterinary community, there are more sophisticated diagnostic tests that really mirror human tests. So it's very important. You know, again, our goal is to really provide a vehicle to help pet parents afford these kinds of treatments and care for their pets so they don't make decisions based on the financial aspect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important aspect to bring up. You mentioned, you know, you're maybe looking around $400 a year for the insurance side of things. What about the costs associated with the health problems? What what are we looking at in terms of a range if a dog needs to have surgery or you need to do some sort of you know health or rehab with, with a cat? What are some of those costs compared to what we're looking at with the insurance? 
Sure. Um, a dog with cancer, I'm, I'm going to give you some averages. Of course, of course each right. condition is you know, very unique to the pet itself. But a typical um, claim for a dog with cancer could be $2,447. We have these posted on our site also. A cat with diabetes, for example, might be $860. A dog with heart disease, you know, $1,900 and change. A cat with chronic kidney disease, over $1,000. You know, a car accident could be over $2,500. When it comes to then, as far as the insurance side, what does it look like in terms of premiums and what's covered, how much is covered? And I understand it's going to be different, but if you have any general sort of numbers to give the listeners, I think they'd appreciate that too. Absolutely. So, and again, it's going to vary from pet insurance company, because again, there are different policies and different exclusions. Mm -hmm. But we actually have four different levels of coverage, our basic accident policy. And that, by the way, would cover accidents, injuries. Um, My dog got into the chocolate. My cat (laughs) fell off the couch and sprained her limb. My dog and cat got into a squabble. There's actually an educational brochure that we provide called 101 Things You Didn't Know Could Harm Your Pet. Oh, great. And and it's on our website also. And um, we provide these to veterinarians to give to clients as well. So, So for a plan like that, for somewhere between you know fifty cents to a dollar a day, you have coverage for up to twenty five hundred dollars per incident, and our plans reimburse ninety percent of usual and customary covered charges. You also can influence that premium, Tim, based on the deductible that you pick. So we have a choice of a hundred dollars a year, two hundred and fifty, or five hundred. If you want a plan that adds illness or our premiums start at about a dollar a day. You can go to a super deluxe plan that has all the bells and whistles. You know, one of the things to note about how premiums are determined in general is that they're underwritten. So it's it's based on the age of your pet and it's okay. based on the, the breed of your pet and it's based on the species of your pet along with where you live. Now that's where it sounds a little bit like human right. insurance, right? So Based on the age of your pet, if you think about it, in terms of humans, the older you are, the more expensive your life insurance is going to be, right? Mm -hmm. Same with dogs and cats. Um, And if you think about breeds, you know, unfortunately, some of our giant breeds, for example, tend to live shorter lives and they have more chronic problems associated with them. That's sort of like a human smoker versus a non-smoker. Okay. And, of course, species, dogs and cats. So it's hard to give you an absolute number for how much it costs, but I can say, again, the average policy, well-rounded, is about $425 a year. You can even add for our program wellness, and that's really important. We believe in wellness coverage. We make that an optional plan. There's two different levels of benefits. It can cover your pet for annual physicals and rabies and distemper shots and flea and heartworm medications, spaying and neutering annual dental cleanings. Really, again, it's about choice. And we try to provide as much choice at the most reasonable prices. It makes perfect sense to me. And hopefully all those listening on the employer side or or just pet owners, pet parents, as you like to call them, I think they can see the value in it. You did mention some of the accidents, maybe some of the common occurrences. I I think everyone's curious as to what's true, what's out there that's true. You mentioned the the chocolate for dogs. Uh, I've heard something along the lines of grapes being a a hazard for them as well. Can you talk maybe about some of the common accidents or common hazards that people would find around the house? 
Absolutely. Bite wounds, swallowed objects, cuts, chocolate, raisins, grapes, absolutely. Household items. You know, you sort of have to dog-proof your house like you kid-proof your house. <laughs> right. um, I actually have um, three rescue dogs, and one of them, you know, I humanize my pets. They let me live in their house. They let me sleep in their bed. They let me sit on their couch, and one of them acts like a dog. It's shocking, <laughs> and she just gets into everything. But even bee stings and fractured teeth, they could be chewing on a dog bone. Hmm. Um, and plants, there's tons of different household plants and things around the area that you don't think about that could be harmful to your pet. So again, you know, I encourage listeners to take a look at our site um, at our 101 Things You Didn't Know Could Harm Your Pet. Most people don't think about avocados and onions and tea leaves and coffee or xylitol, products that have um, xylitol in them as being harmful, and they are. Not to mention jewelry and paper clips and ping pong balls and things like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the list probably could go on and on. As you said, <laughs> you sort of have to dog or cat proof it like you would baby proof it. But uh, I, I'm always curious about the, yeah, the chocolate idea. And like I said, I just heard about the, the grapes. I never knew that, to be honest. Um, so it's always interesting to hear that. And one of the things that's really also helpful for, for listeners is uh, the ASPCA has a fantastic poison control hotline. Hmm. Sure. And we provide that information, of course, as um, part of our educational materials. And that's covered if you have to call animal poison control. They do a wonderful, wonderful job in, in working with all kinds of an emergency. Well, switching gears a little bit here, um, as we're getting a little close to our time, there's obviously a lot, been a lot of talk about healthcare in general and with the Affordable Care Act and how it might affect employers and what they're offering and how it affects employees. Do you, does your organization have any concerns about your services in a way being affected? Not obviously how it actually um, works with, with the Affordable Care Act, but just in what's being offered and how employers might look at it. Have you seen any sort of backlash? Do you have any concerns over it? I think that's a terrific question. And certainly healthcare reform is top of mind for everyone. And employers are still studying how all of this is going to affect their employee benefit packages. Again, for our program, since it's purely voluntary, mm -hmm. the employer doesn't have to worry about an expense being added to the corporate budget. Right. And in fact, what I see happening more and more is that brokers and third-party administrators and even some of the payroll deduction companies are creating aggregated benefit platforms to make it easier to give choices for employees so that they can spend their benefit dollars as wisely as possible, private exchanges, aggregated platforms. So I see pet insurance frequently being aggregated with auto and home insurance and prepaid legal. There are even computer purchase and appliance discount programs that are part of these platforms. So it's really just important to make available a choice for employees and let them decide how they're going to best meet their needs. So do I think it's being affected? The only other way that I would say it's affected is that um, oftentimes where an employer might have been ready to go forward with something, they might put it on hold a little bit until they get some of the other core benefits lined up for right. their open enrollment. That's the other thing about our program, Tim. It's not dependent upon an open enrollment period. You can sign up for this anytime you want. We add pets to our family all year long. I think that's great information uh, to be able to give our listeners and the way you're able to break it down and that understanding it's not exactly the same as 
regular health insurance, and then it actually um, goes along the lines of some of those other offerings that employers give to their employees. Uh, just overall, I, with this subject, the idea of employers offering pet insurance um, as that benefit, what would be your final statement, or we like to call it a takeaway for our listeners that, that you would like to offer up as we wrap up the conversation on this topic? Oh, thank you so much for that opportunity. And again, as I, as I conclude, I want to thank you again for allowing me to meet with you today and speak to your listeners. Thank you. Um, I'd like to emphasize again that more than ever, pets are considered to be part of the family. And employers um, know, you know, employees know that, that companies care about their health. Now you can also say we care about the health of your pet too, their family members. There's no cost to the company. It's a very turnkey package. Employees have a special savings and savings right now is more important than ever. And um, implementation is so turnkey. It's a feel-good benefit. So I say, why not consider this? We do the work. You get the, the benefit for bringing this into the organization. And, and we're happy to answer any questions and, and chat with any employers and, and pet parents in general that might be interested in this for themselves. I hope I was able to demystify this a little bit today. I think, I think you definitely gave it a good sell, uh, Joanne, especially in talking about you know, the costs that are associated with it and, and not having to worry about that when, as you said, it's it's a family member to a lot of people. And if you have to make an emotional uh, decision, you hate for, for money to, to be involved with that. So I think definitely uh, put it in a, in a positive light and hopefully, as you said, to demystify some of the items out there. Uh, unfortunately, that is going to wrap things up for us here on Executive Decisions, a part of LJN Radio. We have been speaking with Joanne Novak, VP of New Business Development for the Hartville Group. She's been filling us in on the ASPCA's pet health insurance. Definitely an intriguing concept out there for both employers and, of course, for pet parents out there. Uh, Joanne, thanks again for all the information today. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you. Of course, as always, I'd like to hear from you, the listeners as well. Just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. This has been Executive Decisions. We'll talk to you again later.